I started to recognize how little we hear queer senior voices and our queer elders. My name is Alicia Arbayo. Hi everyone, my name is Hank Henderson. My name is Ingrid. My name is Nick Paul. My name is Terry Anglin. My, my name is It's what we all want is to be recognized and seen and understood and listened to. Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappelle. Latest Nigerian gay wedding raid nabs 76, U.S. House Republicans elect scary speaker, and queer seniors' lives become poetry. Those stories and more this week because you've chosen This Way Out. I'm John Dyer V. And I'm Kaylin Hartman. With NewsWrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending October 28, 2023. Nigerian security forces arrested 76 people in the northeastern state of Gambe this week as the government's anti-LGBTQ crackdown escalates. Authorities charged that the October 23rd alleged gay birthday party was going to become a gay wedding. The West African nation outlaws same-gender sex, and its 2014 Same-Sex Marriage Prohibition Act makes it a crime to participate in or attend a queer wedding ceremony. It also outlaws public expressions of affection by same-gender couples and bans queer advocacy groups. Gambe is also one of Nigeria's northern states where Islamic law is imposed on top of secular laws. Private, consensual, adult, same-gender sex can already be punished with up to 14 years in prison. In the Muslim-controlled Sharia states, the death penalty is also a possibility. Nigeria Security and Civil Defense Corps spokesperson Buhari Saad announced that they had apprehended 76 suspected homosexuals while holding a birthday party organized by one of them who was to wed his male bride at the event. He said that 59 men and 17 women will be prosecuted. According to Saad, 21 of the men willfully confessed to being gay. 19 men and women were arrested last December by Sharia police in the northern city of Kano, for attempting to organize a gay wedding. Officials let them off with a warning and never brought any cases to court. However, more than 200 people were detained in September in the country's northern state of Delta for attending a gay wedding. Prosecutors eventually charged 69 people. They were all released on bail and must register with authorities every month until their next hearing, which has yet to be announced. South Korea's Constitutional Court has decided that gay sex in the military is a potential threat to combat readiness. South Korean courts have upheld the gay sex ban in the Military Criminal Act four times since 2002, according to Reuters. The act prohibits anal intercourse, or what it vaguely calls any other indecent act. Male service members convicted of engaging in private consensual adult gay sex face up to two years in prison. 
Equality advocates were disappointed by the Constitutional Court's October 26 ruling, but they were encouraged by the narrow 5-4 to four margin. Indeed, the four dissenting justices called the law abstract and ambiguous. They questioned whether indecent acts applied only to males or to both males and female service members. They also found no reason to differentiate between same-gender and heterosexual consensual sexual acts between soldiers. Two male soldiers who were sentenced by a military court to suspended terms for their consensual gay relationship last year saw their convictions overturned by the Supreme Court. Amnesty International's East Asia researcher Baram Zhang called the law's validation by the Constitutional Court a distressing setback in the decades-long struggle for equality in the country. LGBTQ rights activists have faced increasingly strident opposition in recent years from fundamentalist Christian organizations in the socially conservative country. All able-bodied men between ages 18 and 28 are required to serve from 18 to 21 months in South Korea's military. The Austrian government has set aside the equivalent of more than 40 million U.S. dollars to compensate gay men who were unjustly prosecuted for consensual adult homosexual acts. After same-gender sex itself was decriminalized in 1971, corresponding heterosexual acts were not prosecuted under statutes that remained in force for same-gender sex. They included unequal ages of consent, a ban on promoting same-gender relationships, and starting or joining a queer organization. Heterosexual and lesbian prostitution was made legal, while gay male prostitution remained criminal. The Constitutional Court finally annulled the last of those statutes in 2002. The Ministry of Justice expects about 11,000 people to apply when the Rehabilitation and Compensation Act takes effect next year, according to Euronews. Eligible applicants are slated to receive the equivalent of more than 3,600 U.S. dollars for each nullified judgment. They will receive half that amount for every year they spent in prison, an equivalent sum if they had health or economic setbacks because of their prosecution and about 600 U.S. dollars for every formal investigation launched against them. All of those convicted under the provisions will have their criminal records expunged. The justice minister offered a formal apology. Activists have generally expressed support for the moves, but some are also demanding that anyone who was fined is entitled to repayment with interest, even though they may not have been jailed. They also want the National Council to issue its own formal apology. An Sophie Ott chairs Hosi Vienne Homosexual Initiative Vienna. She told Euronews, after all, it was the National Council that passed these laws in the first place. The Republican-led U.S. House of Representatives finally has a speaker. More than three weeks after the far right wing of the party ousted Kevin McCarthy and paralyzed one of the country's two legislative chambers, Republicans settled on their fourth choice. Relatively obscure Congressman Mike Johnson of Louisiana is now second in line to the presidency behind Vice President Kamala Harris. Johnson has played no role in Republican Party leadership during his six years in the House and has no noteworthy legislation to his credit. His claim to fame is as an impeachment attorney for Donald Trump, twice, and as a leading architect of the efforts to overturn the 2020 election. He, of course, voted against certifying the election of Joe Biden as president. 
In his post-swearing-in remarks, Johnson credited divine intervention for his emergence from the backbenches and the ascendance of the MAGA congressional faction. I believe that scripture, the Bible, is <clears throat> very clear that, that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. And, and I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. A wide range of queer and progressive groups are calling him dangerous and the most anti-equality speaker in U.S. history. Mike Johnson is a card-carrying Christian nationalist. He used to work for the notoriously far-right anti-queer legal advocacy group Alliance Defending Freedom. The Southern Poverty Law Center calls it a hate group. Johnson opposed sodomy law repeal and has called for the recriminalization of same-gender sex. He railed against anti-discrimination laws. He voted against the Respect for Marriage Act that legislatively codified marriage equality. He also supported a national ban on a woman's right to choose, a federal version of Florida's Don't Say Gay Law, and the virtual legal erasure of transgender people. The amiable congressman is not shy about his fundamentalist Christian agenda the way he did during an October 26 interview with Fox News' Sean Hannity. I am a rule of law guy. I made a, a career defending the rule of law. When the Supreme Court issued the Obergefell opinion, that became the law of the land, okay? I respect the rule of law, but I also genuinely love all people, regardless of their lifestyle choices. This is not about the people themselves. I, I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's, that's my worldview. That's what I believe. New Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, Mike Johnson, whose understanding of the Bible is not much better than his understanding of the Constitution. God help us all. Finally, who's crying now? Viciously anti-LGBTQ libs of TikTok social media influencer Chaya Rachik is howling over her recent addition by the Anti-Defamation League to its glossary of extremism. The former real estate huckster has more than 2.6 million followers around the world. Libs of TikTok regularly sparks bomb threats and sometimes direct death threats by railing against schools, libraries, and other institutions for hosting drag queen story hours or for other perceived pro-queer policies. Its specialty is targeting hospitals or other medical facilities for offering gender-affirming pediatric trans health care. On the platform known to everyone but Elon Musk as Twitter, Rachik demanded the immediate removal of her name from the ADL's glossary of extremism. She wailed, Not only have they defamed me, they also lumped me in with terrorist organizations like Hamas. Rachik gave the ADL until the end of October to remove her name before, in her words, she'll be forced to take more action. The ADL told reporters, We do not comment on matters regarding actual or threatened litigation. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude, for the week ending October 28, 2023. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast, and much more. For This Way Out, I'm Kaylin Herdman. Stay healthy. And I'm John Dyer V. Stay safe.
straight military personnel will have to shower with homosexual... <gasps> to accept the principle that homosexuals can't shower with other people is a degree of discrimination that goes far beyond this. I mean, uh, we, we don't get ourselves dry cleaned. Hello, I'm Barney Frank, and you are listening to This Way Out, the international radio show for all our sexually diverse communities. Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information about how you can give is online at thiswayout.org. Thank Thank you. you. Wisdom of queer elders has frequently been left on the movement's back burner. A unique program for LGBTQ seniors uses poetry as a tool to capture their life experiences. West Hollywood, California's first poet laureate, Stephen Raines, is the workshop instructor. The participants shared their work in a performance attended by This Way Out's Brian DeShazer. On October 18, 2023, the Los Angeles LGBT Center hosted My Life is Poetry, a reading from the Autobiographical Poetry Writing Workshop for gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender seniors. Now in its 16th year, the evening is introduced by creator and founder Stephen Raines. Hello everyone. Thank you so much for coming out tonight to hear students from the My Life is Poetry Workshop. I'm Stephen Raines. I'm the founder of the workshop, and I started it out of concern about queer senior visibility, connection, and community. So this is an autobiographical poetry workshop, meaning all the poems that you hear tonight, um, it's, it's treating poetry as memoir. Good evening. My name is Alicia Arpaio and my life is poetry. Family photo. My children stopped knowing me, and in return, I stopped knowing them. Their reasons clear, all of which I won't deny. Our growth stunted in time, a picture of a history, shredded images of all that is and was, bits and pieces of joy and pain, left with a lack of resolution an unfocused image of what and who we've become. No words or actions, they say, will lessen the contrast. No amends wanted. So we leave it as is, seeped in blissful ignorance of the heaviness and work of healing. Our lives moving onward outside the frame that holds us. My penance to wait in silence Grief finding me often, my ears attuned for a sound, a word, a hope. I'm coming home to greet you, to complete our picture, as our photo decomposes on the bedroom floor. Creator and founder and teacher of My Life is Poetry, Stephen Raines. About 25 years ago, I was teaching writing workshops to LGBTQ youth groups, and I actually did that around the country. It it kind of caught on because not a lot of people were doing it at that time. 
And then I started teaching writing workshops for people living with HIV. And in one of my workshops, I walked into the room and what, what took me off guard is how many older women were in the room. I started to recognize how little we hear queer senior voices and our queer elders. Hi everyone, my name is Hank Henderson. My life is poetry. Refraction. Naked at Venice Beach, 2 a.m. Our clothes little piles on the shore. Plankton glowed green and breaking waves. Bodies shimmered, outlined in the moonless night. Afterward, we shivered our way home wearing underwear as hats. The earth seemed not to mind. Naked in the bedroom, condoms piled in the center of the bed, ribbed, lubed, cherry-flavored. You chose glow in the dark for a laugh, you said. Lights out, we giggled through safer sex. Not safe enough, early enough. You are gone 34 years. The earth seemed not to mind. Naked, I floated, stared skyward, quiet, still, wondered if you are a star above, if I'll ever accept the constant surprise of still being here. Water swirls bounced off a pool's edge, rippled reflections glowed on tree leaves, breathing in the soft breeze, and the earth seemed not to mind. We're in a culture that unfortunately undervalues the wisdom and experience of someone as they age. And we're in such a youth worshiping culture that I think for straight elders experience that, but definitely queer seniors as well. Because, you know, as queer people, there are so many times in our life that we've been encouraged to be silent or muted or censored. and now, you know, and then, then my workshop comes along and I'm asking them to share these stories that people have been encouraging that they uh, muffle. We're not encouraged to be creative. We're definitely not encouraged to be self-disclosing. And in this workshop, I'm asking my students to do both. My name is Ingrid. My life is poetry. How quickly we forget where we come from. The girl is no different. The girl has no father, an alcoholic devil was the sperm donor. The girl has a mother, a saint of a Renaissance woman, who got beat up at six months pregnant, thrown down a second staircase by the sperm donor. The mother hits her stomach hard in the last step. The girl is born with a very dark purple back, and the mother is told that a girl might not walk at all. Looking to grow roots, that girl can never tell exactly where the feeling of endless roaming comes from. But a girl must not forget that she is a Mayan to heal descendant, raised by strong, brave Mayan woman warriors. Her mother and maternal grandmother, both are breadwinners providing for their big families fearless and resourceful. Now the wind sends the girl reminders from her Mayan ancestors, 
to honor them by. Never give up, always push on, and always keep on going. Thank you. I know that it's the first course of its kind, and I haven't heard of another class out there like this. This is all autobiographical poetry for queer seniors. And it's so niche, you know, of course, this is the first. It also, I think, being the only one that I'm aware of, it's it shows how neglected the queer elder experience is in a lot of other cities. You know, in Los Angeles, it's just, I think it has to do with the numbers and the progressiveness of the city that I receive a government grant to teach this workshop that we have something like the LA LGBTQ centers, uh, you know, resources that they sponsor it. We're so fortunate to have this here. You are listening to My Life is Poetry, a reading from the Autobiographical Poetry Writing Workshop for gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender seniors on This Way Out Radio. You can find out more about the workshop and a published book at lalgbtcenter.org or stephenrains.com. I'm Louise Moore, and my life is poetry. Not Lazarus's robe. Perhaps miracles are real. Like Lazarus, a touch will bring me back to consciousness. And I will follow on, not after Jesus, but with Naomi on the gleaming field. And I will stay and abide there if miracles are real. Again, Stephen Rains. You know, connections are formed between the students. And that's one thing I love about this is that it's really created community. There have been friendships and relationships formed in the class and that they get to keep up with each other. But of course, I get emotionally attached to my students as well. It's a very different experience from teaching the youth that I used to, to teaching seniors. And that, you know, this is a, it's, it's a life review that they're doing. It's also very important that they're creating documents that they can leave to their loved ones. And it shares the wisdom of their life, the stories of their life and who they are. And isn't that what we all wanted? It's, it's what we all want is to be recognized and seen and understood and listened to. My name is Nick Paul and my life is poetry. He saw horses. In 1981, Patti Smith was my musical icon. 1981, Generation X, Madonna, the material girl, the wannabes, the yous were exchanged between the haves and the have-nots, as subtle as paper cuts. Horses, horses, he saw horses, was a lyric Patty sang about a man who was raped in the song called Horses. This reading is about a man's memory that was raped 
one early Saturday morning. In 1981, I was a house cleaner working out of Frontier's classified section. I was one of the very first nude house cleaners in LA, but that's another story. I house cleaned for Vito of the infamous Vito's Hair Salon in Silver Lake. I parked my car on the street that morning on Beechwood Drive and approached the cottage, finding the door ajar. A man and a grieving woman were sitting on the couch. I was informed that Vito had died of a heroin overdose the night before. Within minutes, there was a parade of strangers trampling through the house. They were like vultures dining on rotting prey. With their long beaks, they pecked through Vito's personal belongings with spiked claws. They rummaged through clothes and jewelry. What they couldn't stuff under their wings, they crammed into grocery bags and empty shoe boxes. What an awful way to treat a friend. I don't recall seeing the vultures fly away or whatever became of Vito's toy poodle. I lit a Benson and Hedges, letting the smoke roll out of the side of my mouth. I put the key in the ignition and inserted the eight track cassette tape into my car stereo. Patty Smith was just winding up a haunting lyric. Church bells chime. Ding dong they chime. Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. My fake ID is the woman you see before you. The labels pinned in on me, the words used to describe me. I am both all of these and none simultaneously. I am me, I am you. I am God searching for divinity in our humanity. My pronouns are we, us, ours. My name is Terry Anglin and our lives are poetry. You've been listening to My Life is Poetry, a reading from the Autobiographical Poetry Writing Workshop for gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender seniors. You heard Alicia Sandarbal, Hank Henderson, Ingrid Paulina Rodas, Louise Moore, Nick Paul, and Terry Anglin. The workshop is funded by a grant from the City of Los Angeles Department of Cultural Affairs and with sponsorship from the Los Angeles LGBT Center's Senior Services Program. I'm Brian Deshazer for This Way Out. Stephen Raines edited a collection drawn from the My Life is Poetry workshop. Find out more at his website, S-T-E-V-E-N-R-E-I-G-N-S dot com.
Thanks for finding This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Newswrap was reported this week by John Dyer V and Kalen Hardman and produced by Brian DeShazer. Brian was also this week's feature correspondent. You heard music by Blood, Sweat, and Tears and Carlos Tripot. Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This week out thanks Margaret Roberts and Richard Merkin and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Ask us for more information. Look for This We Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on 3UGE, Alexandra, Victoria, KDUR, Durango, Colorado, WMPG, Portland, Maine, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.